This is the International Soccer Preview and we are Soccer Files Canada. Welcome to Series 16. We're looking at the groups of the 2023 Gold Cup. This is Group C, Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador, and a team yet to be decided. Here we go. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. It's Series 16. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we will be looking at Group C for the Gold Cup 2023 tournament. This group includes Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador, and a playoff winner. A playoff winner, yeah. So we usually get some information about the media cast at this point, uh, but we're going to post separate media casts for outlining our past, present, and future series to save a bit of time here. So suffice to say for now that the African Cup 2023 qualifying and the Euro Cup uh, 2024 qualifying series that are already, uh, they're still relevant as they are ongoing. But meanwhile, let's get on with this one. So this series covers the usual information and features a deep dive into the history of the CONCACAF regional tournament for each of the teams. Yeah, so let's look at the three sections we'll cover uh, in this media cast. Uh, part one, we'll do a general introduction of the teams in the groups. Uh, part two, we'll do an overview of each team's history in the World Cup and in the Regional Cup. Yeah, and as mentioned, this series uh, features a deep dive into each team's history in the Regional Cup. Right, so part two is the longest part. And uh, part three will be a comparison of the teams uh, in terms of their ranking, head-to-head -head records, and their odds. And we'll end with a discussion of the prospects and our predictions. All right, well, before we begin, tell me something that'll get me into this group. Okay, well, I was looking for a hook. Uh, I don't think it's a great one, but we do have uh, two teams whose fortunes are waning and one team whose fortunes were supposed to be waning uh, but are not. Any guess at the outset or should we leave it a mystery? Let's leave it a mystery. <laughs> okay. Well, this is probably as good a time as any to say that we are doing this media cast before the final playoffs, meaning that the fourth team has not been decided yet. Yeah, that's right. Actually, those teams will be decided just four days before the tournament begins, uh, which wouldn't give us time to produce this series. Uh, and also, you're taking a road trip during this period, Connor. That's right. Um, I will be going to Vancouver Island, which is uh, on the far west coast of Canada. Yeah, actually, for the non-Canadians, we prepared a couple of maps so you can uh, tell us a little bit about your trip. Yeah, so we're here in Edmonton, which is right in the center of Alberta. And uh, we'll be headed. I'll be headed down uh, with my family to Vancouver Island. So that's uh, about a 12-hour drive to Vancouver, um, a ferry ride across the ocean, and then uh, another couple hours drive north. So it's a it's a long journey, probably 16 hours in total. Wow. Well, we have a little map on there for the YouTube viewers, and that is kind of that long uh, island on the southwest of uh, British Columbia. And here's a closer up. Uh, closer up view of it. So Connor, you were married there. That's right. My wife is from Campbell River, which is about halfway up Vancouver Island or, or four hours north of the provincial capital, Victoria. Okay. Well, uh, going to uh, visit your wife's family, will the Gold Cup watching the Gold Will you be able to watch the Gold Cup or will it be oh, a, strain, uh, 
a strain on the marriage. <laughs> I'll watch as much of it as I can get away with. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, well, um, instead of uh, covering group, uh, oh, sorry, Team D, which we can't, uh, the playoff winner, uh, we are going to give a short overview of the four candidates there. So uh, who are the four candidates, uh, Connor? Yeah, so there's four teams uh, kind of in a playoff format. They are Martinique, Suriname, St. Lucia, and Puerto Rico. Yes, okay, so we'll give a kind of an overview of them and maybe include them in the discussion uh, at the end too. Okay, right. let's move on and uh, we're going to begin with an introduction of each team. So um, uh, take it away, Connor. Yeah, beginning with Costa Rica, their nickname is Los Ticos. Uh, Costa Rica has a population of about 5 million people and the country's uh, located between Nicaragua to the north and Panama to the south. Cool, that is the uh, first team. Uh, and Panama next. Panama, their nickname is the Maria Roja or the Red Tide. Uh, they have four and a half million people. Um, so this is the second smallest uh, country in Central America in terms of population, uh, only ahead of Belize. And it's also the southernmost country in North America, uh, linking North uh, and South America together. Um, and their only North American neighbor is their group mates, Costa Rica. I see. Okay. And uh, finally, uh, El Salvador. Yeah, El Salvador, known as uh, La Selecta or the national team. Uh, the population there is six and a half million people. Um, but geographically, it's the smallest country in Central America. Uh, it sits under Guatemala and Honduras and actually is the uh, only country in North America without a border on the Atlantic Ocean. Interesting. Okay, and we won't be doing um, uh, demographic information for the four teams, but we will uh, uh, leave that to when we actually talk about, uh, when we actually give a short introduction of each. So let's go uh, to a quick comparison of those three countries there, Connor. Yeah, three countries, all in uh, Central America, um, and all actually pretty similar populations. Uh, the smallest country in terms of area is El Salvador, but it does have the largest population at six and a half million. Uh, Costa Rica has five million and Panama 4.5. So uh, yeah, three, uh, I guess, superficially similar countries uh, in that regard. Yeah, I actually didn't realize that they were so close uh, in terms of population. I thought, um, I thought they'd be kind of more spread out there. Uh, okay, let's move on to part two then, and we'll begin with an overview uh, of the uh, teams, beginning with uh, Costa Rica and an overview of their participation and achievements. So uh, their first international game was in 1921, and Costa Rica is a far more senior team than many will uh, give credit for. Uh, they first entered the World Cup in 1938. They actually withdrew there and their entry wasn't accepted in 1954, so they began competing for the World Cup in 1958, participating regularly ever since. They competed in the first regional competition in 1963 and participated consistently except for one withdrawal in 1967. Yeah, as a small country, um, just five, uh, five million people, um, they have a pretty impressive record. Uh, they first reached the World Cup in 1990, and from 2000, they've been regular qualifiers, uh, with the exception of 2010. 2014 is their best result, a quarter-final finish at the World Cup. 
In regional play, they won the CONCACAF Championship in its first edition in 1963 and have three titles in all. The last was in 1989, the last competition before it became the Gold Cup. Uh, second place in 2002 is their best result in the newer competition. All right, cool. And uh, quiz time, Connor. Do you remember the three teams that they beat out in the 2014 World Cup uh, group stage? It was England and Italy and Uruguay. Well done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great. Sorry if I put you on the spot a bit there. All right, let's move on to a World Cup overview. And uh, do you want to take that one? Sure. So it took a long time to reach the World Cup for Costa Rica, despite the relatively easy passage that the region provides. Um, even Mexico sometimes faltered to make room for others. Costa Rica came close in their first three entries from 1958 to 1966, but not again until 1990, uh, their regional strength roughly paralleling that. They finally made it in 1990 and got past the group stage for their second best fin finish in the tournament. Uh, that, together with their last regional title in 1989, seemed a peak year, um, but they did not qualify for the next two tournaments. From 2002, however, they began qualifying regularly, and in World Cup qualification at least, seemed the third or fourth strongest team in the region. This faltered when they missed the Cup in 2010, but 2014 not only saw their return, but their best World Cup, Cup result ever uh, by reaching the quarterfinals. All right. Uh, well, we'll do a quick overview of the uh, Regional Cup now. And uh, a charter member in the regional competition, they've won it three times. Actually, they won the first edition in 1963 and repeated in 1969. And that was a strong period where they finished in the top three in four of the first five editions of the Cup, uh, and the fifth being their withdrawal in 1967. Their weak period was very weak, failing to even qualify uh, from 1973 to 81 but regained strength here sooner than in World Cup play by coming in the top four from 1985 to 1993 and winning their third title uh, in 1989. After a week spell in the late 90s, which tracks with their World Cup record, they have passed the group stage every time since 2000 with a second place finish in 2002. In recent years, they've reached the semifinals twice in 2009 and 2017. But given their World Cup consistency, uh, reaching only the quarterfinals in seven of the last nine editions has to be considered an underperformance, especially in 2015, where their follow-up to that uh, really successful World Cup performance was a mere quarterfinal finish. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, okay, and now we move on to the deep dive of this series, and that is uh, into the uh, regional cup finals. So um, take it away. Yeah, with the USA as a non-entity in the region um, and Mexico as an inconsistent rival, uh, that's in the early days, the door was open for Costa Rica to shine, and shine they did. Uh, the regional cup was known as the CONCACAF Championship from its start in 1963. And though the tournament took place in El Salvador, they won it, tying Mexico and ensuring their uh, knockout in the initial group stage and beating the hosts 4-1 in the final game of the round robin, uh, final round to take the title. Yes. 
Well, El Salvador was their only loss in 1965, uh, but they tied Mexico again here and finished in third behind Mexico and the tournament host Guatemala, who they also tied. Uh, they withdrew from the tournament in 1967, but then they hosted it in 1969 and won, beating Me Mexico and helping to subject them to a fourth place finish. 1971 saw them finish third again, behind Mexico and an inform Haiti, but they failed to even qualify in 1973. The tournament was played every four years instead of two, and was a qualifier for the World Cup. It proved a period of weakness for them as they failed to qualify in 1977 and 1981. They did better in 1985, um, passing the group stage to reach the final round robin, but there they finished last of three uh, behind Canada and Honduras. They came back to win the final edition of the CONCACAF Championship in 1989, their third title, uh, and that was aided by the disqualification of Mexico. Right. Well, 1991 began the Gold Cup era um, and uh, they qualified through a local Central American tournament called the Uncaf Nations Cup. Uh, and as the strongest team in the region, uh, it meant consistent qualification for the Gold Cup, except for 1996, where they finished a ghastly fourth in the Uncaf Nations Cup. So not only did they qualify for every uh, Gold Cup otherwise, but they passed the group stage every time, uh, except in 1998, uh, though their striker did win the Golden Boot Award on the strength of just two games. Wow. Uh, the Gold Cups uh, started fairly roughly for Costa Rica uh, with unimpressive performances in the first two, and as mentioned, their worst results in the next two up until 1998. In fact, the tournament has rarely seen them perform up to expectations. Their quarterfinal finish in 2000 was close to the mark, but only places them in the top eight of a region where they should be third or fourth. They did live up to that with second place in 2002 and fourth place in 2003, but they otherwise reached the semifinal only in 2009 and 2017, with quarterfinal finishes in the other seven tournaments from 2005 to 2021. That includes 2015, which, as we mentioned, was a disappointing result after a remarkable performance in the 2014 World Cup. All right. And uh, instead of uh, taking that overview up to 2021, we're going to review their most recent tournaments. And the most recent Gold Cup was in 2021. Uh, how did they fare there? Maybe getting past the quarterfinals? Yeah, well, I guess we'll start with qualifying, um, which was now through the Nations League. So they beat Curaçao away, but otherwise tied all their games in their Nations League A group, though it did prove enough to finish atop and qualify them for the Cup. Changing their manager just days before the Cup, they were not as convincing as the three wins in the group stage uh, over Guadeloupe, Suriname, and Jamaica showed, often flat in the first half, but scoring in the third quarter of the game. Suriname almost earned a tie on a late strike off the post. But that flatness showed in the quarterfinals when they met Canada, who dominated them as much or more than the 2-0 scoreline reflects. All right, so another quarterfinal uh, finish for them, but they did manage to reach the World Cup uh, once again. How did they get there? Yeah, they were one of five teams to questionably receive a bye to the final round in qualification. 
Um, theirs was a qualification of two halves, looking quite weak early on, losing to the top three teams and managing only draws with most of the weaker ones. Um, but in truth, uh, the home and away factor made it uh, seem worse than it was. But they were in fifth, uh, five points behind Panama at the halfway point, um, halfway point being seven, seven games. After that, though, they suffered only a draw in Mexico and ended not only well ahead of Panama, but tied with the U.S. in third. And had head-to-head -head games being the tie-breaking criterion, it would have been third. Um, as it was, fourth of eight in the final group uh, stage, which was the octagon, sent them to an intercontinental playoff, where in a controversial game, which New Zealand dom uh, dominated, they won um, by virtue of a goal scored in the third minute. Um, at the World Cup, they were thrashed 7 nothing by Spain in their opening game uh, of the tournament, but they recovered to beat group winners Japan and took the lead against Germany, though eventually lost and finished last in the group. Right, so really in all three uh, of those, Connor, uh, the, the last four games, so last five games of qualification, and then against New Zealand, and then uh, after their thrashing, really the veterans uh, pulling it out. Uh, pulling it out of a hat for them. Yeah, definitely. Qualification certainly didn't seem likely at the midway point. It was really just a stunning string of results um, in, in the second half of qualification that pulled them through. And then, yeah, a bit lucky to beat New Zealand, but um, kind of an up and down World Cup, the humiliation of the big loss, but then, you know, beating group winners Japan and getting taking the lead against Germany. It was a really topsy-turvy group and they, yeah. they played their part. Yeah, working out uh, quite differently than expected, that group. Okay, well, their most recent uh, um, tournament, I guess, is the uh, 2023 CONCACAF Nations League, and that acted as qualifying for this cup, uh, too. Yeah, and quite interesting, uh, in part because they were paired with Panama, um, as well as Martinique, um, a team they could end up meeting in this group stage. Um, and... Uh, Costa Rica beat Martinique home and away, but lost both of their games to Panama. Um, so they finished second uh, out of three. It was enough to qualify for the tournament, but uh, not enough to see them through into the final uh, tournament, the kind of the top four uh, of the Nations League. Right. So not only the playoffs uh, there in mid-June, uh, but also the, the finals of the Nations League. Yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, uh, take a look at players. And actually, before we talk about Costa Rica as a team, uh, we'll, uh, I'll just make a little note on the player section here, um, on the teams here and below before we begin. So we did a deep dive into Costa Rica's players for both World Cup qualifying and World Cup finals. Uh, for Panama and El Salvador, it was just the World Cup qualifying series where we uh, took a close look at their players. So those are all available on YouTube and on the podcast feeds. And for this series, well, I got to be honest and say we were planning to do a similar uh, player podcast for the Gold Cup teams here. But um, I got to confess that I thought the Gold Cup started in mid-July rather than on June 24th. Uh, so that squeezes the time quite a bit. So if we do a player podcast, it'll be uh, a briefer version. So if you want the details, you can maybe go back and look at the uh, at the previous uh, series there. Yeah, that's right. 
Okay, well, let's take a quick look at um, uh, Costa Rica's players in this mostly team podcast. So Costa Rica has only played two games since the World Cup, but the long overdue renewal uh, does seem underway. 37-year-old Brian Ruiz um, seems to be the only confirmed retirement. Uh, He's hanging up his boots at the club level also. But 35-year-old Celso Borges uh, can't be far off, and to a lesser degree, 36-year-old goalkeeper Kayla Navas, who actually rarely plays in Gold Cups anyway. Uh, Brian Ovedo and Johan Venegas, uh, 33 and 34 respectively, also didn't play in March. So these are names that have defined the team for the last decade or more. Uh, Some of their veterans did play in March. Uh, Joel Campbell, who's with Leon in Mexico, and Francisco Calvo with Konyaspor in Turkey, and also Yeltsin Tejada. Um, I I forgot to write his club there. Anyway, among the remaining players, about half of them play in Costa Rica, and the biggest clubs represented outside of that are uh, Jewis and Bennett with Sunderland, Rowan Wilson of uh, Gilles Vicent, and Brandon Aguiera of Estoril. Uh, Both of those are smaller clubs in Portugal. So all three of those players are 21 years old or younger. So they do represent the the top youth of Costa Rica uh, that we've been calling for over our our last few media casts on Costa Rica. But all in all, Connor, I got to say, what's coming in uh, seems to be far less quality than what's going out. And I'm thinking Costa Rica may be a weaker team over the next while. Yeah, I agree. And in fact, we thought we'd see that in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, and we did through the first seven games when the veterans kind of pulled them out of it. But, um, you know, the fact that they had to turn back to the veterans rather than kind of, um, you know, pursue a youth or a rebuilding movement, I think it's a bit worrying. So, yeah, possibly a team um, on the decline. Yeah, we'll talk a a bit more about that when we get to the discussion segment of the tournament. Um, But we'd better move on to uh, our second team, Panama. And once again, we begin with uh, just an overview of their participation and achievements. Uh, Panama first entered World Cup qualification in 1978 and participated consistently from that time. They entered the regional tournament much earlier from its first edition in 1963, uh, but their participation was patchy there until 1977, from which time they've entered consistently. In terms of achievement, Panama earned their first World Cup qualification in 2018 after years of steady improvement. In the regional cup, two second-place finishes in 2005 and 2013 are, are also evidence of this improvement. Right, and we'll take a closer look at that in the deep dive. Uh, for now, let's move on with a, a somewhat closer look at the uh, World Cup uh, history of Panama. So, actually, in World Cup qualification, they did very poorly until 1998 when they had a good run. But evidence of improvement, uh, though much more visible in regional play, Uh, can also be seen in their making the final round of qualifying uh, for the 2006 World Cup. 2010, however, was a step back as they unluckily dropped out early because they were misseeded, losing to El Salvador in just round two of four. However, 2014 saw them reach the final round again and come within minutes of earning an intercontinental playoff spot. 
they improved their performance a notch in 2018 to capitalize on the shocking failure of the USA to reach the cup. Uh, the glory of reaching the cup was not overshadowed by doing poorly once there. They lost all games, but were happy enough to score two goals. Yeah, a great achievement for them. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's turn to an overview of their regional cup before the deep dive. Yeah, so their progress has been more evident and actually quite dramatic in regional tournaments. Before 2005, they only qualified in 1963 and 1993, failing to pass the group stage both times. Since 2005, um, however, they've qualified every time. Uh, they shocked in 2005, coming second, and reached at least the quarterfinals every time, uh, uh, every time since. A second place again in 2013, um, maybe a bit deceptive since most of the rivals had weaker teams, but following up with third place in 2015 puts them firmly among the second tier teams in CONCACAF. All right, and we will take a closer look at that in our deep dive. So, um, sorry, uh, all but one of the 10 teams that entered uh, reached the finals of the first regional tournament in 1963. Uh, known as the CONCACAF Championship from its start until 1989, Panama did not undergo any qualification for that inaugural edition. They were competitive, finishing third of five in, uh, in the group stage there, and actually just a point shy of an advancing position. Uh, 1965 did have a qualifying phase, and... Um, Sorry, yeah. uh, they finished last in the group of three. Um, I, I'm actually making a mistake there. 1965, they uh, didn't enter the tournament. In 1967, uh, they failed to qualify. That's right. Yeah, they failed to qualify also in 1969 and did not enter the following two tournaments in 1971 and 73. By that time, the CONCACAF Championship also served as a World Cup qualification tournament so their return in 1977 was also their first World Cup qualification campaign. They failed to qualify for that and for all CONCACAF championships until the tournament was replaced by the Gold Cup in 1991. Yes, uh, qualification for the Gold Cup was based on results in a more local tournament, as we mentioned with Costa Rica, the UNCAF Nations Cup. Uh, this was a cup uh, just played among Central American teams, and the top three to five finishers, depending on the year, uh, would qualify for the Gold Cup, and Panama failed to do so in 1991. However, in 1993, uh, they did, marking a return to the larger regional tournament after a 30-year absence. And there they managed to draw with Jamaica, but they finished last in the group stage. And uh, that would be their only entry in the Gold Cup until 2005, as they never finished higher than fourth in that regional Central American uh, Uncaf Nations Cup. And in fact, they didn't even enter that cup in 1999. Their fourth place finish in 2005 uh, was enough to earn them entry to the 2005 Gold Cup. And there they surprised with a second place finish. Unconvincing in the group stage, they beat South Africa on penalties and then Colombia uh, to reach the final where they took the USA to penalties. Uh, they lost the shootout um, agonizingly, but established themselves as a much stronger team going forward. 
Yeah, in fact, they never failed to qualify again, and they finished no lower than fifth in the local tournament, and usually in the top three, even winning that Central American Cup in uh, 2009. So it was not only steady qualification for the Gold Cup from 2005, but they never failed to pass the group stage, uh, with only one exception, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but it was a quarterfinal finish, uh, half the time in 2007 and in 2009, and also in 2017 and 2019. But even better than that, from 2011 to uh, 2015. Yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about those. So yeah. after two quarterfinal finishes in a row, going out to the USA in both cases, they passed the quarterfinal in 2011 by beating El Salvador on penalties. They fell to the USA in the semifinal, and then there was no third place match. In 2013, they beat Mexico uh, in the semifinal, but went out once again at the hands of the USA, this time in the final. In 2015, they lost to Mexico in extra time in the semifinal, but had the satisfaction of finally beating USA in the third place match, uh, winning on penalties. That's right. Uh, well, that proved a peak for them as they returned to quarterfinal finishes over the next two Gold Cups, uh, falling to Costa Rica in the quarterfinal in 2017 and to Jamaica in 2019. And uh, for the Gold Cup in 2021, we will take a closer look since that's their most recent tournament. Yeah, um, despite a 4-1 win over Bermuda, this is in qualifying in, in Nations League A, uh, three days earlier, they lost 2 nothing to them at home and also lost, lost both games to Mexico um, in their, their Nations League A. However, they still managed to finish second in the group stage and qualify directly for the Cup. Uh, there at the tournament, it started with a thrilling game against Qatar where they came from behind three times to earn a 3-3 draw uh, against superior opposition. They deserved a better result against Honduras uh, in their next match, but lost what was also an entertaining game. And a win over Granada in the last game was not enough to avoid third place in the group stage. Um, so they didn't advance, and it was actually the first time they failed to pass the group stage since 2003. Wow. All right. Well, we will take a look at their uh, World Cup campaign. It was quite a long campaign because... Uh, uh, unlike the top five teams in the region, they had to go through the first two rounds of qualification. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, prior to to some changes, they were actually ranked ninth in the region, even behind Curacao. So I had no hope of reaching the hex despite having qualified for the previous World Cup. But in the revised system, uh, they were forced through two rounds of qualification to reach the final round. And they had no problem with the weak teams in the first Dominican Republic were the strongest opposition, and they won all their games. And they then beat Curacao in a playoff round. Um, they proved that by system in the whole set, original set of questionable, with a really solid performance in the octagon, uh, going undefeated at home and remaining in fourth for most of the campaign. On the road, though, wins over Jamaica and Honduras were good, but they lost all their, uh, all their other matches which eventually saw them finishing fifth in the final group stage, just missing out on that intercontinental playoff. Yeah, Costa Rica making up the ground there at the end. Um, 
Okay, yeah, so of course they didn't qualify for that World Cup. And then their most recent uh, campaign has been the 2023 uh, UEFA Nations League. And actually, we kind of reviewed that because they were in a group with Costa Rica. That's right. And as I mentioned, they beat Costa Rica both home and away. Um, Their only drop points were on the road in Martinique. That was a nil-nil draw, but they otherwise um, were pretty convincing. Uh, They finished uh, group winners with 10 points from their four matches. Um, and um, we'll actually we'll go into the final, the 14 final round of the the Nations League. Right, I'm playing Canada in the first game there. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, okay, let's finish Panama with a look at their players again. We uh, did do a deep dive into their players in the World Cup qualifying series, and um, but we'll just do an overview here. Panama has only played four uh, CONCACAF Nations League games since the end of World Cup qualifying. That ended in March 2022. Uh, But they have played a lot of friendlies. Uh, They looked good in Nations League play, and they have done better than expected after a spat of retirements following their 2018 World Cup appearance. Uh, The only remaining veterans, with 50 caps or more, are uh, um, Annabelle Godoy, uh, Gabriel Torres and Roland Blackburn, uh, all 33 or 34 years old. Uh, the latter two last played in June 2022, whereas Annabel Godoy played in November. So their status on the team, uh, as in whether they are still on the team, is uncertain. But too much shouldn't be read into that because uh, Panama seems to have used friendlies to build up a big pool of players to draw on. Uh, goalkeeper Miguel Carmago and Luis Mejia are the most experienced players who played in March. Uh, about half of the players are with local clubs in Panama, and most of those playing outside the country are in the Americas. Actually, none with Mexican clubs, uh, but a few with American clubs. Uh, the worldwide representation is pretty thin. Uh, Levski Sofia in Bulgaria, Armenia Bielefield in Germany, and uh, uh, Familicha. Help me, Connor. I'm not sure. Family Chow. You did better than I in uh, Portugal. So uh, those are all really third-tier teams in Europe and probably uh, roughly as prestigious as the American clubs. So uh, no kind of uh, big names on the clubs, but a pretty solid team, Connor. Yeah, and some players who may become bigger names, as you mentioned, um, you know, unlike Costa Rica, they seem to be doing a slightly better job at replacing some of their veterans. I mean, still lots to be seen, and, and you know, Panama could do better or worse, or the same with Costa Rica. But, um, you know, I think playing, packing in some friendlies to try out some players and then, you know, doing well in the Nations League are all kind of good signs for Panama. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So we, you know, have a real battle set up between uh, Costa Rica and uh, Panama, having uh, kind of gone toe-to-toe over the last little while. Okay, uh, I will move on to El Salvador, our third team, and we'll begin with an overview of their participation and achievements. Uh, First international game for them was in 1921, and again, probably a much older team than many realize, uh, first entering the World Cup like Costa Rica in 1938. But uh, like many teams in the Americas, they withdrew when it was uh, when it became known that the cup would be held in Europe for the second straight time in a row. 
rather than alternating the, the alternating the cup between Europe and Americas and the Americas as promised. So uh, they were also reportedly invited to the 1950 World Cup, but they withdrew. Uh, so they didn't enter until 1970, but participated consistently after that. Uh, in regional competitions, they were there from the first edition in 1963, actually hosting that first edition. Uh, but participation was patchy in the early years. Uh, they didn't enter the third edition in 1967, were disqualified in 69 and withdrew in 71. However, their participation, like the World Cup, has been consistent since 1973. El Salvador has qualified for two World Cups in 1970 and 1982. While this is by far their best achievement, they lost all games across both of those appearances. At the regional level, they came second in the inaugural edition, the competition known as the CONCACAF Championship, and they matched that with another second place finish in 1981 earning them a spot in their second World Cup. They've not come close uh, since, though. The quarterfinals are best finished in the Gold Cup, which began in 1991. All right, and uh, there are a couple of noteworthy events uh, for, uh, for El Salvador here. So in 1982, a qualification knockout round with Honduras ignited what is known as the football war. So, uh, in truth, it was about bigger political issues than uh, just the, the match. But the match did spark the violence, uh, uh, although it didn't necessarily cause it. Uh, the other noteworthy event was during the uh, 2014 World Cup qualification, where they were charged in a, uh, a match-fixing scandal. And that led to the lifetime bans for 14 major players, as well as lesser bans for many others. Yeah. Wow, hey? Yeah, quite something. Yeah, okay, well, let's uh, take a bit of a closer look at their World Cup, um, at their World Cup. So their first completed campaign was in 1970, and it was successful. Uh, they were actually aided by Mexico hosting the Cup, so Mexico didn't go through uh, uh, the qualification uh, competition, although there was only one spot available. Uh, El Salvador did it again in 1982, uh, they and Honduras finishing ahead of Mexico to take the two spots that were allotted to the region by that time. Uh, in the Cups, though, they fared poorly, losing all games across both Cups and suffering a record-breaking 10-1 loss at the hands of Hungary, uh, the only team in the World Cup ever to suffer a double-digit loss. Uh, after each successful qualification, though, they failed to reach the final round of qualifying in the subsequent cup. Uh, but otherwise, they did reach the final round uh, of qualification from 1970 to 1998. Since 2002, though, they have reached the final round of, quali uh, of qualification in only two of the six cups, most recently benefiting uh, from the final round, expanding from six to eight teams in 2022. That's right. All right, well, I'll go over um, a regional cup overview. So El Salvador hosted and finished second in the first CONCACAF championship. They finished fourth in the following version, but struggled after that during the period where they reached their first World Cup. It was a strong period in both tournaments around 1980, with another second place finish actually earning them their spot in the 1982 World Cup. That would prove their strongest period, but there were minor peaks in 2002 and 3, 
uh, as well as 2011 and 2013. In both cases, they passed the group stage of the Gold Cup for two tournaments in a row. While consistently qualifying for the Cups in 2007, the quarterfinals remains the limit of their success. All right, and now we enter our deep dive into the uh, Regional Cup beginning in 1963, where El Salvador hosted the first CONCACAF championship. Uh, after finishing second behind Honduras in the group stage, they were one of the four teams in the final round robin. And there they beat Honduras and Netherlands Antilles, uh, that's uh, now known as Curacao, and they were poised to win as host. However, they suffered a heavy 4-1 uh, defeat to Costa Rica and finished second. From 1965 onwards, it was a six-team round-robin, and uh, they finished fourth. Over the next four tournaments, they didn't enter, were disqualified, withdrew, and then failed to qualify, uh, as we mentioned in the overview there. Uh, El Salvador returned to the tournament in 1977 in good form, finishing third behind Mexico and Haiti, uh, then second in 1981 behind host Honduras both of them qualifying for the 1982 World Cup, uh, preventing third place Mexico. Uh, local rivals Honduras also finished ahead of them in the group stage in 1985, while 1989 was an interesting cascade of misfortune. Uh, experiencing numerous problems, they didn't play their first match until the other teams had played three of their four. A home match against Costa Rica saw crowd trouble after a headed goal by El Salvador was questionably ruled to have been handled. The match had to be abandoned uh, due to that, and their punishment was playing further home matches in the hardly neutral ground of Honduras. Uh, in the end, the last two matches were cancelled because by that point the results didn't even matter. Yeah, that was a, a big mess. I actually saw the video of that uh, of that header that caused the crowd trouble, and I got to say, it, it looks like a bad call from the referee. It didn't seem to touch his hand. Anyway, that was a poor finish for them to the CONCACAF Championship era, and 1991 began the Gold Cup era. Qualification, as we've mentioned, was now earned through the UNCAF Nations Cup, and um, again, three of the five teams, uh, uh, um, top teams in that cup, earning qualification for the Gold Cup. Uh, they did poorly, though, in the first five campaigns, either not qualifying or reaching the cup but losing in the group stage. They earned a single win over Trinidad and Tobago uh, all the way until 2002. 2002 and 2003, though, saw them pass the group stage, uh, though both are based on single wins in a three-team uh, group stage uh, where the top two passed. Uh, they lost heavily in the quarterfinals to USA and Costa Rica, respectively. And then 2005 marks the last edition where they failed to qualify. And since then, they have fallen either at the group stage or at the quarterfinal stage. Yeah, and only from 2011 are the results noteworthy. There they tied Costa Rica and thrashed Cuba 6-1 to reach the quarterfinal, where they almost beat Panama but for a last-minute goal, eventually losing on penalties. Uh, at the quarterfinal stage. In subsequent tournaments, when they passed the group stage, it was usually as a third place team in the group, which paired them with the top team in the quarterfinals. It was USA in 2013 and 17, uh, and they lost both times. Um, and actually they fell at the group stage in 2015. 
Uh, all right, well, 2019 saw the new qualification system through the CONCACAF Nations League. Uh, in that year, 2018-2019 uh, Nations League, it was only a placement tournament, uh, and they needed to finish in the top 10 uh, to qualify. The uh, Actually, the top six teams in the region qualified automatically, so then it would be the top 10 among the remaining teams. And El Salvador barely did so, uh, finishing 10th of 10, uh, a loss to Bermuda almost undoing them, but a win over Jamaica saving them. So they actually performed well in the tournament uh, in the 2019 Gold Cup, tying Jamaica um, in Jamaica, actually, and beating the quickly improving Curacao. However, despite beating them in the head-to-head -head game, they finished behind Curacao on goal difference. And in this tournament, uh, which was now 16 teams instead of 12, only the top two advanced. Okay, that is uh, their uh, long history. And we go to their recent tournaments, uh, the Gold Cup 2021. How did they do? Yeah, so they qualified through the Nations League. They were actually in Nations League B. Uh, they lost in Dominican Republic, but otherwise won all their games, St. Lucia and Montserrat, the other teams. So they finished atop the group and qualified for the Cup. At the tournament, they comfortably beat Guatemala and Trinidad and Tobago, but went down on a single goal to Mexico in an exciting game where they almost earned a draw. Um in the quarterfinal, they went 3-0 down to Qatar and all looked lost until their stand-in forward Joaquin Rivas, replacing the ill David Rugamas, scored two quick goals, making an exciting finish, uh, though they again fell short of equalizing. Um, but a competitive game, and uh, you have to say a pretty competitive tournament for them overall. Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember it. I think uh, El Salvador can be a really fun team to watch, and... Uh... I think it was in one of those games where I remembered the uh, fans singing for the whole game. It was really impressive. Yeah, I mean, another quarterfinal exit, but you think, you know, with two wins and a narrow loss to Mexico and then a close loss to Qatar, you know, probably a more competitive quarterfinal finish than even some of the previous ones. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's see how they did in the uh, World Cup 2022 qualification. Well, like Panama, they weren't one of the five teams that got an automatic buy to the to the octagon, so they had a long qualification route. Um, they were first forced through um, a knockout, two knockout rounds of uh, or two rounds of qualification to reach the octagon. Uh, they suffered only a draw with the troublesome Montserrat uh, in the first round. That was a, a round robin, but comfortably qualified for the next round, and they're a playoff win. Uh, over St. Kitts and Nevis um, saw them through and they won both legs there. Uh, they, yeah, they, they seem to have a little bit of trouble with uh, Montserrat, not over yeah. here, but uh, uh, elsewhere. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah, they proved uh, mildly competitive in the final round, um, beating Panama at home and a poor Honduras away um, and besting and finishing ahead of them. Uh, they tied Jamaica twice and otherwise earned a home draw with the USA in their opener, but ultimately they finished uh, seventh out of eight in the final group stage uh, and weren't ever really close to qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, well, the last thing we look at is uh, 2022 uh, UEFA Nations League in terms of games at least. Yeah, so they had been promoted to League A where they faced uh, the United States uh, and Granada. Um, 
they uh, there they beat and tied Grenada and then lost and tied the USA, once again tying the, the USA at home as they did in World Cup qualification. Uh, so their five points from four games saw them comfortably in second, well behind the US, but well ahead of Grenada. Um, so second keeps them in League A and earn them automatic qualification to this tournament. Right, and uh, a late minute, uh, last minute goal by USA, uh, otherwise they would have beat them uh, there. And uh, we'll end the section with a, a comment on their players. So again, a deep dive uh, in the World Cup qualifying series that we did. Um, but just an overview here. Uh, El Salvador has not played a lot since the end of 2022 World Cup qualifications. That was in March 2022. Uh, they played their four CONCACAF Nations League games and then three friendlies in between those. Uh, there seem to be no major retirements, although Alexander Larin, Darwin Seren and Nelson Bonilla all are in their early 30s and haven't played since last September, so uh, kind of up in the air there. Uh, they retain a handful of reasonably experienced players. Uh, those would be players in their late 20s with 50 caps or more. Uh, about half of the uh, half of the players are with their clubs in El Salvador, Alianza and FAS, the biggest of those. And uh, those playing out of country are predominantly in the USA, with a few other in Central American countries uh, or in Colombia. Several young players are with big MLS clubs, like the 22-year-old goalkeeper Thomas Romero with Toronto FC. Have you heard of him, Connor? Uh, I haven't, no. Okay, I, I know you're a bit more familiar with Toronto FC than me, but there he is. And also there's 19-year-old Diego Barahona with LAFC and 18-year-old Robinson Aguirre of uh, Colorado Rapids in the USA. So potentially players that, uh, that they might build around for the future. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, uh, one thing that surprises me about Costa Rica is that despite that, uh, all those lifetime suspensions that they uh, received in 2014, uh, they've been very steady. Um, it didn't, didn't seem to actually affect their play that much or their record. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, it kind of came and went somewhat quietly. Like, you can't really imagine that, that happening to a lot of other teams, even in the region. But, um, yeah, as it was, it kind of maintained some competitiveness. I mean, they're kind of, I would say, on the edge of being a second-tier team in the region. But they, um, like you said, they kind of stuck around that position despite the loss of all those players. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it on the edge of uh, second-tier. Uh, okay, well, instead of doing, um, you know, the fourth team in the group, we don't know what it is. So we're going to take a quick look at uh, the four candidates. That's uh, Martinique, Suriname, Puerto Rico, and St. Lucia. And uh, we'll start with uh, Martinique. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so currently their, their ELO rank is 107. So they're the top-ranked team among these playoff uh, countries. Uh, so Martinique is not a country unto itself, but rather an an overseas department or region of France. Uh, so they can kind of be likened to a province of France. Uh, because they're not an independent country, they cannot be a member of FIFA, and so don't compete in World Cup competition. They do, however, have membership in CONCACAF and have participated in its regional competition, the Gold Cup, since 1991. They have reached the finals in seven of its 16 editions, including four of the last five. Uh, only once did they pass their group stage, and that was when they reached the quarterfinals in 2002. 
In their 2021 Gold Cup appearance, they lost all games in a tough group with Canada, the U.S., and Haiti. In the 2022-23 CONCACAF Nations League, uh, they finished third, which was last, in their League A group uh, with Costa Rica and Panama. But they did earn one point in a draw at home uh, with Panama. Right, so if they get through, all three of those teams will be gathered once again. Yeah. Uh, but to get through, they will have to overcome Suriname. So Suriname was called Dutch Guiana until 1975. Uh, they actually competed for their first World Cup in 1962 and the Regional Cup since 1973. Uh, they've only once reached the final round of World Cup qualifying. That was in 1978. Uh, they reached the regional finals in 1977 and in 1985. And again, recently in 2021. Uh, they were not competitive at that level, though, earning only a draw with Honduras in 1985 and a win over Guadeloupe in 2021, falling at the group stage in both cases. In the 2022-23 CONCACAF Nations League, uh, like Martinique, they finished third, which was last in their League A group, and they were with Mexico and Jamaica. Uh, they earned only one point in a draw at home with Jamaica there. Uh, our third team is uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico is ranked 176th in ELO, um, behind the 107th in Martinique and 130th of Suriname. Uh, Puerto Rico first entered World Cup qualification in 1974 and regional competition a year earlier in 1973. They have never come close to reaching the World Cup, uh, never getting past a second of four or five rounds of qualifying, nor have they reached a regional cup. They came 33rd of 34th in the 2018-19 CONCACAF Nations League placement round. In the following season, they came second in their League C group and remained at the lowest level. In the 2022-23 CONCACAF Nations League, they easily won all games over Cayman Islands and British Virgin Islands, which earned them promotion to League B and that Gold Cup playoff spot. Uh, so they have showed good improvement, albeit at a very low level. That's right. Okay, so League C uh, Puerto Rico and also League C St. Lucia uh, ranked 179. And St. Lucia played their first international game in 1989 and entered competitions from 1991. But they've never come close to qualifying for a World Cup, uh, like Puerto Rico never getting past the second of four or five rounds of qualifying. They came 13th of 34 in that 2018-19 CONCACAF Nations League placement round. Uh, however, they were three places shy of the 10 teams that reached the Gold Cup. In the following season, they came fourth in their League B group and were demoted to League C. And then in the most recent uh, season, they won all games over Anguilla and Dominica and earned promotion back to League B and this Gold Cup playoff spot. Uh, all right, so um, we saw that the rankings are all below 100. Martinique, 107. Suriname, 130. Uh, Puerto Rico and St. Lucia, 176 and 79, respectively. So um, do you want to take us through an assessment there? Sure. So uh, Martinique and Suriname both qualify uh, through the playoffs as third-place finishers in League A, and they seem likely to win their games over St. Lucia and Puerto Rico who both qualify as winners of the lowly league C, uh, of their lowly league C groups. Uh, Puerto Rico showed good improvement, but is only proven uh, out at the league C level. 
and likely won't be enough to see them challenging the much stronger League A teams. Martinique and Suriname were out of their depth in League A and probably will be in the Cup too. Both reached the Gold Cup in 2021 but fell at the group stage, and Martinique losing all games and Suriname winning only over Guadeloupe. That win suggests they have a chance against Martinique here, but Martinique has reached the Cup far more often than Suriname and seemed the more likely candidate to reach the Cup. All right, and uh, do you have a, a preference there? Like, who, uh, uh, anyone, uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I favor Martinique. They're the highest ranked team and have a pretty good Gold Cup pedigree. They've also been able to draw on some some players who play for France at youth levels and um, or formerly, you know, yeah, have have some connection with France. So um, I think they probably have the strongest squad. Um, they have the best history, and I would expect them to win. But uh, yeah, what about you? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm favouring uh, Martinique here. I think Suriname do have an outside chance. Uh, but like you, for the reasons you said, I favour uh, Martinique. But we'll talk later on in our discussion section of, um, you know, whether we see them uh, challenging the, the three teams uh, in the group above them there. Okay, so we are going to the uh, third part of the podcast now, which is the. Um, uh, so I'm just finding my place. We're going to the third part of the podcast, which is uh, a comparison and discussion of the team. So we're going to start with the pots that they come from, and yeah. then look at their rankings after that. Yeah, Costa Rica were ranked third among all uh, Gold Cup teams, ahead of Canada, actually and they're the pot one team. Uh, Panama were the top of the pot two team. So they were fifth uh, out of the um, out of the CONCACAF team to qualify. Um, so pretty strong pot two team. El Salvador, uh, they ranked not, uh, sorry, 10th among CONCACAF teams. So they were second out of four pot three teams. So um, yeah, I think all in all, it kind of um, leads to a competitive group. Costa Rica ranked third, probably not stronger than Canada. So I think kind of between, you know, third to 10th, not a lot to choose between three kind of similar sized countries. Yeah, I mean, arguably not not stronger than Panama uh, going by the most uh, recent results. But we'll we'll take a look at the head to head uh, to see a, a bit of a longer view of how Costa Rica compares to Panama. Uh, okay, let's take a look at the rankings and we see uh, Costa Rica does kind of lead the way there. Yeah, they're 39th. Uh, in FIFA and 40th uh, in the slightly more reliable ELO rankings. Um, so again, they are the highest ranked team in the group. Um, Panama, uh, they're ranked 58th in FIFA and 51st uh, in ELO. Um, they've kind of been up and down over the years, but are kind of at a, at a relative high point. Um, and then El Salvador are 75th in FIFA and 85th uh, in ELO, which um, for them, they don't usually get above that mark and are, yeah, the clear third, third-ranked team in the group. All right. Well, maybe we'll get a bit more insight through the uh, the head-to-head records. And maybe if you just read out their overall record and I'll point out any uh, really significant details. Yeah. So uh, a lot of these teams have played each other a lot, um, especially because they're all uncaf teams. Um, Costa Rica has a winning record over Panama with 18 wins, six draws, and eight losses. 
Uh, yeah, now something really interesting here. I've actually divided uh, divided that record into three parts. So uh, before 2000, uh, Costa Rica uh, had the winning record. And even from 2002, uh, sorry, yeah, 2000 to 2015, it was nine wins, two ties and two losses. But from 2015 onwards, they actually have an even record of four wins, two draws and four losses uh, each. So what do you make of that? Yeah, I think pretty pretty even. Um, we did mention that in the Gold Cup qualifying, which was the Nations League, Costa, or Panama won both those games. Um, so even though Costa Rica has a better record overall, Panama carries victories in the last two matches. Yeah, that's right. So Panama getting the better of them recently, which will make for an interesting matchup here. Uh, how about Costa Rica's record with El Salvador? Um, Costa Rica has the winning record, 19 wins, 9 draws, and 7 losses. Yeah, and I don't have much to add there. That's pretty consistent uh, over time, and they've never really met uh, in, in a really crucial match. So just over the years meeting uh, kind of in group stages and stuff like that. So um, uh, Costa Rica with the uh, uh, better record there. How about uh, El Salvador and Panama? Well, this is interesting because uh, it's almost even. El Salvador comes up slightly at, on top with 10 wins and six draws, but nine losses. So those 10 wins and nine losses, very even. Yeah, very even. And I've also divided them into two parts. So prior to 2005, El Salvador uh, had the record of seven wins, five draws, and zero losses. But uh, since 2005, um panama uh sorry uh panama has the better record nine wins one draw and three ties uh sorry one draw and three losses so panama with a vastly superior record since 2005. yeah and as you saw in the deep dive 2005 really marked kind of a the start of a long and good period for panama yeah that's uh that's right Okay, uh, well, now we'll move on to see what the odds makers say. So actually, uh, there are not a lot of odds uh, available at this time, maybe when we get closer to the cup. We're not uh, promoting gambling here, but just seeing what the uh, odds makers make of it. And all I could find, Connor, was just the odds to win the tournament uh, overall, but at least we can kind of uh, view them relative to each other. Yeah. So Costa Rica are favorite among these three teams at a 6.7% chance, but that, that's pretty low for a pot one team. Uh, Panama are given a 2.4% chance and El Salvador 1.6. So none of these teams really favored to, to go all the way. Right. Okay, but let's begin our discussion uh, maybe by uh, talking about those uh, relative differences. Do you uh, see Costa Rica as the favorites in this group? Actually more than double the chance of Panama there. Yeah, I mean, I think odds to win the tournament are a little bit different from odds to win win the group. Um, yeah. But no, I don't see them um, as double the odds of Panama. I think those two teams are are pretty neck and neck, actually. I don't think there's a, a heck of a lot to choose between them. Yeah, I mean, Costa Rica has been, uh, uh, I guess, a little ahead of them, especially in World Cup play uh, over the last while. That's a bit odd with Costa Rica because they do look a lot stronger in World Cup than in uh, than in the Regional Cup, uh, not passing the quarterfinals. So um, uh, what do you make of Costa Rica? Yeah, it's it's kind of baffling that they can 
consistently be one of the top three or four teams in World Cup qualification and yet can't get to the semifinals in this tournament, uh, certainly not with any regularity. Um, I, as you mentioned, I think in terms of players are going to go through a big transition zone, but, you know, they were surprisingly kind of dogged and, um, you know, in World Cup qualification and finished fourth again. And, you know, they, they don't always go far, but they usually win their groups here at the Gold Cup. So, um, you know, in my mind, they're still probably the team to beat in this group. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we uh, dislike Costa Rica or anything, but just looking at their player situation, we've been uh, kind of predicting a recession uh, for quite a while that has not come to pass, kind of like world economics right now. Um, and their, their veterans have just been pulling out of the bag. But again, I mean, at the risk of sounding negative again, I, I wonder how long that can go on for. And we saw they haven't really... Uh, done as much as Panama in trying to rebuild their team. Yeah, do you think Panama has the edge? Well, the thing about Panama is that they do kind of sometimes lapse. I mean, we, we, we kind of saw that at the end of World Cup qualification where they weren't able to hold on uh, to that uh, fourth place, even though I think we said that they had a five-point lead uh, uh, going into the yeah. last four or five games. And they, they've lapsed in other cases. When we were doing the history there, um, one of the things surprised me, it was, a, a, I think, a tie in the group with, with Bahamas or something. So, you know, that propensity to lapse uh, is a bit of a worry for me uh, with Panama. Uh, do you make anything of that? I think um, Panama are more likely to lapse in Costa Rica, who are kind of frustratingly consistent at Gold Cup play. Um, to bring El Salvador in, um, I do see them as a step behind both of these other teams, but they also are coming off, you know, probably one of their best tournaments in recent uh, in recent history in the 2021 Gold Cup, and you know were competitive in some of their games in the uh, World Cup qualifying. So I think there's a possibility that they they could surprise one of these teams and probably Panama more likely. But I also see Panama strong enough to win the group, which is what makes this one so interesting. Yeah, well, a couple of points there for me. I, I actually see them uh, as a bit more likely to surprise um, Costa Rica, despite what I said about Panama. Uh, two things. Uh, I was surprised, actually. I thought Costa Rica was uh, a much bigger country than El Salvador. Actually, all three of these are about the same size. Um, um, Costa Rica has been historically stronger, but there's not really any reason for that. Uh, the other thing, too, that struck me uh, during the history was El Salvador's um, performance in the last cup, which you just mentioned, uh, you know, almost uh, scoring against Mexico at the end there, uh, almost passing the quarterfinals uh, with their comeback against Qatar. So uh, they do sometimes show some good spunk at the cup. So. Um, I'm kind of almost pulling for them to to be a challenger here to the two teams above. Yeah, I think it would make the group interesting. Um, I think it's possible that they do end up losing both games, but um, you know, any points taken would probably be enough to knock one of these teams off first place. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we have seen that uh, Panama and El Salvador are both quite a bit stronger at home uh, than they are on the road, so uh, that may give Costa Rica a bit of the edge who don't seem as, as kind of vulnerable on the road. Yeah. And first and second place could matter quite a bit here. 
because a second place team would play a first place finisher in another group. So you could end up meeting USA or Mexico or even Canada in your next game and where you'd be kind of the underdog where first place can give you a real advantage. So it's, you know, finishing first is, I think, quite significant here. Yeah, good point. Uh, well said. Uh, do you see any hope for the uh, the team that comes in? We kind of predicted um, Martinique. Uh, uh, um, do you see Martinique or Suriname? I'd be really surprised if, if Puerto Rico or St. Lucia made it. Yeah, I would be too. I, if Suriname got here, I think they would. They would not be competitive. But I do see Martinique um, possibly being more competitive, partly because they have a a better history in this tournament as well. Um, they even beat Canada, I think, in 2013, um, you know, in the group stage of the Gold Cup. So I think Martinique, I'd like to see them in the group. Um, I think they were probably at their strongest point, you know, a few years ago as as compared to now. But um, I wouldn't expect they would get out. But, yeah, I think they could get a point off someone. Do you see them challenging for third? Not really. I mean, if it comes down to a one-off game between El Salvador and Martinique, there's always a chance they could tie or finish ahead of them on goal difference. But um, no, I don't really see them coming in and being strong enough uh, to really challenge for third place, or certainly not second. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You said uh, they do have a, a pretty good Gold Cup history, but it's more a history uh, of reaching the Cup, which is an achievement in itself. Uh, I think only only uh, maybe at the game level or uh, one time did they pass the group stage and Suriname uh, not at all. So, um, yeah, I can't really uh, give them much of a chance. I mean, there really is such a big division between the second-tier teams and the third-tier teams in CONCACAF uh, that it would be hard to see them um, even challenge for third, hey? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. All right. Well, I'm going to pin you down here, Connor. Uh, Connor, and actually, I should pin myself down because I've been a bit all over the place here. But uh, but you tell me what you think is going to happen. Well, I, I've keep writing Costa Rica off. You know, they haven't quite fallen off yet. I, I do see it coming, but I'm going to say they have one tournament left in them. I'm going to say Costa Rica wins the group, Panama second, El Salvador third, and I'll say Martinique fourth. All right. Well, I thought I was the one who was kind of all over the place with Costa Rica, but I'm going to uh, differ from you there. I think in current form, I'm going to give it to Panama uh, in first and Costa Rica second, El Salvador and Martinique uh, in in fourth. I have a couple of uh, percentage chance here. Um, I think it's uh, almost even odds that Costa Rica and Panama uh, will will. Uh, finish first, but I'm going to give it 52% to Panama <laughs> and then a 40% chance of Suriname qualifying instead of Martinique, but only about a 10% chance of whoever makes it uh, challenging El Salvador for third place. All right. And then a 10% chance that we're completely wrong all around and, and uh, you know, Puerto Rico wins the group. There is always that possibility. All right, well, that brings us to the end of Group C, and uh, we will sign off and uh, look forward to talking about Group D. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, please check the show notes for a link to a short video about our past, present, and future media casts, and uh, all other links to navigate you through our system, including a link to our YouTube channel where each series is separated into its own playlist.